0: You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. And a drops and Kane shoots, trickling puck, Nordstrom reaches out with his left leg and kicks it away from Lynette. That was going in. In tight, Roberto trying to go back into forehand, they score. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah! Baby! Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Good morning. It's Tuesday. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960. The fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. They got you covered for everything basementy. Serving Calgary in southern Alberta since 1992. Got a busy show in the aftermath of a Flames 5-4 loss at Madison Square Garden last night in overtime to the New York Rangers. Justin Bourne. From Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet five ninety, the fan Sportsnet hockey analyst will join us seven thirty. Derek Wills, the voice of the Flames on Sportsnet nine sixty and eight, and my man Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast, analyst for CBS Sports HQ. He's got a new hockey betting show coming out. He's going to join us at eight thirty. Help you if you're if you're new to to maybe putting a little sprinkle. A little wager. Mm. You want to dip your toe into Super Bowl betting? Todd's going to give you some help, and then we'll kind of dive into some of the propositions for Super Bowl 57, which of course goes Sunday between the um, Eagles and the Chiefs. But uh, the Flames lose 5-4 last night in overtime to the Rangers, and the game-winning goal was a two-on-one where Jacob Markstrom absolutely makes a phenomenal save on Mika Zabinajad, but can't get the open net rebound, which just slides under his goal stick. And Markstrom just snapped that puppy like nobody's business over the post. He was angry. He was angry on the 4-4 goal. I don't know if you noticed that, Matty. Yep. Good morning, by the way. Good morning. It's good to see you. And uh, he got super angry on the game winner. Yeah. Um, Today's day two of uh, qualifying for a $500 gift card to Charm Diamond Centers. We're doing the draw on Friday. So if you qualify today, you have a 20% chance to win a $500 gift card on Friday's draw to Charm Diamond Centers. Um, The question we're asking the text line at 960-960, name and location. You can call in, too. Mm Mm-hmm. The last time I got as angry as Markstrom last night was blank. That's the question for today. The last time I got as angry as Markstrom last night was blank. 960, 960 name and location. I I was borderline there when I told you about my soccer game on Sunday afternoon. Sure. When we were losing by like seven goals and the guy blasts it from like two feet away past our keeper. I got a little heated. I felt the blood pressure go up a little bit. I felt the body temp go up. But the last time I got as angry as Markstrom last night was blank. 960-960 name and location. I think we'll, we'll, we'll grab the help of our Sportsnet 960, the fan text robot, Texty McTexterson. I think he's done some yoga, some hot yoga. He's ready to read some text messages today. And we'll get his help at 715 for your chance to qualify for a $500 gift card for Valentine's Day, which is a super sweet deal.
2: Yeah, tell us when you were the most angry, and we'll give you a chance to make your Valentine's Day better. It goes hand in hand, Yeah, right? One thing leads into the other. Yep. And I would say that there was a lot of anger throughout the course of that game yesterday. Yeah. A little bit of uh, vitriol, perhaps. Yep. Old-time hockey, bud. <laughs> yeah what it was last yeah. night, bud. A little uh, Old time hockey, knocker, bud. Um, but yeah, fun game.
1: Um, it, <laughs> yes, it was a fun game. Um, on the other side of the wall, here in our studio, in our Doug Lacey's Basement down, Systems downtown studio, uh, are two Manitoba guys. And I know uh, our man Patrick Dumont likes to watch the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, where the hell did Jacob Truba become Scott Stevens' <laughs> light?
3: Because he wasn't that no, guy in Winnipeg. No, he did not. Uh, they sent him out uh, pretty happy when he left town, actually. Yeah, so. they were happy to get rid of his salary, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That was a, that's a newfound Jacob Truba. Like, I think, I don't know what, it got the C on him now. And now he's well, probably the best body checker in the game, pretty much. Mm. Those were two clean hits. Some of, those, some of those, you don't see that anymore, obviously. Like, we don't get Scott Stevens, and he was borderline with what he did. But still, those were two. Beautiful hits from du- on Dubé and Kadri from Truba. Yep. But yeah, that was not
1: in Winnipeg. Man, I know why they gave that dude the C, how he totally reinvented himself as this guy who just wants to blow up dudes with some big-time checks.
2: <laughs> and we've seen it for a while now, right? There was the hit on Crosby during the playoffs, yeah. which some people really didn't like as well, but if I'm not mistaken, he didn't end up getting... Uh, any sort of supplementary discipline for that. Uh-huh. There's all sorts of kind of examples of him playing like this recently. Yep. But yeah, it's um there's not many guys like that anymore. And I think a combination of two things. A, there aren't many guys that play like that in the league. It's an Eastern Conference team, so you don't play him very often. So maybe some of the guys got caught by a surprise. And on top of that, it's your first game back from a break. Yeah, especially Cadre, who last was playing in an All Star game. Yeah, tries to make that move one on one
1: against uh, against Truba and just popped. My goodness! And good for Dubé coming in there. Sure, he got filled in, and he's like three classes too light. But good (laughs) for Dylan Dubé getting in there, Alberta boy, getting in there, standing up for his teammate. Sure, he took some punches to the face, but at least he got in there. Yeah,
2: yeah. And like I think it was also beneficial that they didn't get scored on on any of the penalties that they had taken when they were instigating, right? And I think that was what Daryl Sutter had maybe a little bit of issue with rather than any of the hits was just how some of the instigators were called. Like he mentioned in his post-game press conference, like Truba gets his gloves off before Tanev does Mm -hmm. after he gets Dubé the very first time back in the first period. And that's maybe a situation where you're like, okay, like... Really? You're gonna give Chris Tanev, the dude who just came back from a shoulder injury at Instigator here? I don't think he was trying to jump well, Jacob True. It was it was a
1: roughing. Tanev got a roughing penalty. Mm. He didn't get the instigator, he got a roughing. Dubay got the instigator, and then he got a ten minute because of the instigator. There you go. So that's essentially how it worked out. But uh what so much to break down and talk about from last night's game. It was a it's a Trevor it's a treasure trove of radio gold oh, yeah. last night. From what we saw, but uh, I wanted to kind of real quick here too on Tanev. Did you guys notice um, how he was only punching with his left? And even in the penalty box, he was only drinking with his left arm. Did you I, notice
2: that? Well, I noticed the punching for sure. Like yeah. when he started swinging those left, like
1: <laughs> I like know. I like again I those hook punches that were just yeah <laughs> wild and. I, I don't know this. Is he right-handed naturally? Do we know that? Well, he's a right-handed shot. So. Okay. Well, yeah, but that means nothing. Like, I'm a left-handed shot. I'm right-handed.
2: I I have no idea. That's what, what I mean. What hand he but writes everything. Worth. I've never seen him
1: right. But everything was on his left hand last night. He, didn't, he had no interest in punching with his right last night in that fight, if you noticed. Oh, yeah. And then even in the box... He was resting his right arm and just drinking with his left. Is he left handed or is he right handed? I don't know. No, he has a right shoulder injury. The, exactly. So I mean, <laughs> so he was definitely like like so much so where he was even drinking uh with his left hand, did not want anything to do with that right shoulder, did not want to throw one punch with that right. I'm sure really- it's a little concerning that he can't even throw a punch, but at least he, he he's held protecting on protecting it. Yeah, he's protecting it
2: protecting it by being in a fight with one of the most fearsome individuals yeah. in the entire game. um, Not the NHL, but in that contest yesterday.
1: Um, law, Again, so much to talk about. We're going to get to all of it. Uh, we have so many hockey guests on today. Uh, looking forward to the show today. So um, I kind of had an idea for Brody on the beat okay. today while I was getting ready for work. Sure. um, Alex, um, I don't know about you guys, but there's a couple names in the NHL that I don't think an average person would be able to pronounce their name properly. <laughs> Heedle is one, because there's no oh, way. Yeah. How do you get Heedle out of that spelling?
2: Uh, right? I don't know. I Just hockey names? That would See be my explanation.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks like Seidel. That's what it looks like. Cheidle?
2: Cheetle? Cheetle? Cheetle is what I used to say when he first came into the league. Yeah. And then he had kind of a breakout postseason, and now he's Heedle.
1: Yeah, he's Heedle for sure. And uh, so Hedo for the Rangers last night, and uh, Arbor Jackeye for the Habs. Yeah, yeah. Which it's just a great, it's a great name for, uh, for for a great nickname for a hockey player. Wi-Fi. So Philip Hedo last night, and Arbor Jackeye. I think Brody on the beach should be like, you have those two names on a card, <laughs> uh, Alex, and you get people to pronounce these names. I like it. What it do you think? Sounds fun. That's really good. Is there a third? Oh, God. Yeah. You have to
2: give me a, a moment, but I'm sure I can yeah, come up like, with.
1: Uh... I don't know how you get Heedle out of that. I don't want to, you know, just want to be that, that ignorant. Why? Like, you get Heedle out of that. I'm not sure where he's born.
3: Czech Republic.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. But, like, spelled C-H-Y-T-I-L, like, Heedle from that. So, get an Arbor Jack
3: What's the uh, the goalie from uh Lukkonen? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. For Buffalo? the Sabres. Yeah. Nedelkovic. Ooh. Uh, uh, Carmel Velmelka. 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 Yeah. Athanasiu. Oh, Athanasiu like is a, yeah, good one. Yeah. a good one.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uka Pekalukanin? Yeah, that's so, how you say his name. That's a good fun name. It is a fun name I to like say. I like that one. It is a fun name to say.
2: Shillington comes up.
1: Yes. That's a good one, too.
2: Yeah. How do you get a K out of a an yeah, but, S out of a KY? But there's, Excuse me. like,
1: it has to be Eye and and 100%. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll get a third one. Oh, Brady Shea came on the text line. Mm. That's a good one, too. That's and, also from the Saturday Night Live skit where he tries to read Brady Shea's name and can't.
2: Yeah, what was that? With Chance the Rapper? Yeah. Yes. When they were doing NH- the do any player hockey. names? Let's do that hockey. Let's do that <laughs> hockey. Brady Shea's a good one, too.
1: <laughs> So we'll figure out which third one uh we want to do for Brody on the beat. I like that. Yeah, well, we're, we're testing your knowledge on uh can you read these players' names and have like three cards, Alex, and you just show to people.
3: Goss to spare. Nice. Uh
1: yeah, that's not bad. Goss to spare is a pretty good one too.
2: I think once you get past three syllables, people start to panic. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you get to the you're like, "Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of brain thinking to try and get
3: through this whole word, right? Yeah. Um. By the way, I I, I always had tr- sorry, Drew, go, I, no, I, I always had trouble saying when I was younger. Always had trouble saying Carlo Coiacovo. I could never figure out how to say yeah. his last name. I
1: can't. Again, I've I, we've, the, we've talked about this before, but I can't say Piet, the, uh,
2: Pietrangelo.
1: No, Petrangelo. I told you the story Pet, about
2: Pet, that. Pietrangelo?
1: Yeah. Uh, when. This guy on when when I was at the other radio station, he's he was an Italian guy calling in and go. You guys are saying Petrangelo's name wrong. It's Angelo, like Frank Peterangelo won the cup with the Penguins years ago. <laughs> I go. I work with his brother at Six Eighty News, and he says Petrangelo. So the guy whose brother plays in the NHL, they go by that name. No, it's not. You're wrong. Okay. Okay. Like you can't just argue with that. You just you just got okay. All right. Thanks, but Thanks yep. for listening. Have bud. a great day. He's had a great day. Yeah. That's what they go by. The family wants the name pronounced that way. You do it. So Frank's just being the rogue in the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um no relation to those people. No, they are. They are. He's cousins. Okay, well, whatever. They go yeah. by Petrangelo. That's how they want their name said. That's how they want their name said. Fair enough. I've always
2: had trouble with that one as well. Pietrangelo. Pietrangelo. Yeah.
1: Um, name. The name that's I'm impossible name. for me to say is um, Habib. I can't say the last name. I don't know what it is. It's a hitch in my swing. I just can't do it. And and I like to pronounce names. Like, down. I can even say Pavlyonchenkova. Anastasia Pavlyonchenkova. I can nail that name. But I can't say Habib Nagur... Ngu- 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 How do you say it?
3: Oh, God, man. Can you do it? <laughs> Nagur... Ngu- 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 Ngu-
1: Ngu- I can't do it. I cannot do it. It's Habib. The, and I and I had a, in a sports update back in the day on 680. I practiced it 25 times before on the air, and I still blew it.
2: That's what happened. Can you when, do it? No.
1: No. Just try
3: it. Nurmagomedov. N- that's that's not, it?
1: Yeah. Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. But no, but you got to say his first name and then Habib try it, Patrick. Nurmagomedov. Okay. Habib, Habib Nurmagomedov. Okay Is his middle name No. Mag- no. I do a man, Povich. Okay, oh, well. yeah, that's too much. Um Can't I like how that. he there's literally videos of him wrestling baby bears when he was a kid. <laughs> like that's some good parenting. Yeah. But like, I, Scr- I don't I don't have kids. I I kind of equate to having kids as like having a puppy. It's pretty much the same thing. But no, it's please don't text me I <laughs> But not, I know
2: not going to get any pushback from but me. But I here. know
1: but I know that uh his dad got him to Wrestle baby bears to toughen <laughs> him up when he was a kid. That's, that's some that's some good parenting yeah. right there. Yeah, that's some quality
2: parenting yeah. for that's sure. That's
1: the opposite of you know making sure <laughs> you know the kids. That's how you toughen up a kid. Wrestle that baby bear over there. Yeah, go
2: cool. just yeah. have a go at him.
1: What could go wrong? I wonder. wonder, He's a trained bear. It's just like that old story with like uh, he he, picking up a bull every day when it was a baby, and then he could eventually lift the whole bull over his head because he was doing it every day. I wonder if he wrestled a baby bear every day. Did you get to a point where you're wrestling a a full size bear?
2: Like, I I think it's important to remember that in Russia, like you see constantly videos of like dudes just hanging out with bears in the wild. Yeah, like they're basically domesticated.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they're just chilling.
2: Over there. Yeah. So that I don't know. It depends on the bear. Yeah. I don't know if he was fighting a bear or if he was fighting the family bear. Right. Which like, you know, yeah. I, I played around with the
1: dog when I was a kid. Wrestled the Again. dog a little bit. If that's the case. Man, talk about laying down a career path for your kid too. He's going <laughs> to get into fighting. Because I'm going to make you wrestle bears. <laughs> like I know he he had a background in all of that stuff and he was a coach and I understand that. But he's like, oh, my son. My son wrestled bear. That's what he does. <laughs> That, that was I know how he, he passed away too, too. RIP oh. uh, Mr. Habib, because I can't say your last name. Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. Madoff. Madoff. Oh my god, that's such a tough one. Um, I'm sidetracked now. So yeah, last night I got as angry as uh, Markstrom last night was blank. The last time I got as angry as Markstrom last night was blank. 960, 960, name and location. There's a couple blockbuster texts already that I almost read, but I'm going to save them for Texty McTexterson because, A, they're really funny. B, they make me sad. So (laughs) um, we got to get those down uh, for your chance to win a $500 gift card to charm Diamond Centers. Um, I know we're going to talk about this game all morning because there's so much to talk about. Uh, Tweeted it last night. There was an opportunity for Lucic to fight Truba last night in the third period where Truba went out there and hit him. By the way, Sammy Blay clean hit on Luchich too. And all those three hits last night had something in common. The flames players kind of left themselves a little vulnerable for the hit, having their head down just a touch. Like Luchich had his head down a little bit when Blay hit him last night.
2: Yeah. He's engaged with another player trying to shake him off. And then and as boom, a result, he, comes he gets in. hit from the side. Like that was what I said earlier. like, there's a few things that I think fall into this. A, it's the Rangers. You don't play these guys. Yeah. So a guy like Sammy Blay, you're not who didn't even this. play last year because he blew out his ACL. He, he was a healthy
1: scratcher four straight games before last night.
2: Yeah. He's had trouble getting into the lineup. And then he plays a game like this. And you're like, okay, maybe that's why they traded Buchnovich for him. Although the trade's still the best player went to St. Louis. So they win the deal. Anyways, that's a fine hit, but I like the response. The one on Kadri. That's a fine hit. Kadri throws a big hit on Truba earlier on in the game as well. And the one on Dubé, same kind of deal. Like Truba throws those hits all the time. And to me, it's a combination of A, not playing the guy and understanding his tendencies, and then B, first game back at a break. And I think it was important to note that two of those hits came in the first period as well. While you think guys are still trying to get their legs under him. And I think it's also important to note, this is a longer break than the players are used to. Nine days used to only be three or four. And uh, maybe, yeah, some guys got caught, especially because, frankly, there aren't a lot of teams that have guys like that that play that old-school, open-ice hit type of game. Like, Zadorov will throw hits like that. We've seen him do that many a time. He didn't do it last night. Well, you you have to do it when the opportunity's there as well. 100% right like that's one of the keys about this entire thing is you can't just be running around but throwing your weight around
1: again Lucic had an opportunity to fight Truba last night they'd
2: also taken two instigator penalties already and yeah. you're in a tight game like i have no problem with Lucic trying to fight Truba at the end of all of that
1: so when they when these teams meet in like a week and a half in calgary yeah yeah it's going to be rough and rowdy you Lucic to drop the gloves with Truba that night
2: if Truba wants to but
1: I think that the important
2: thing here is game script. Like the Flames are a team that are scrapping for every single point here. And listen, if that game was a 4-1 lead for either team, I fully believe that there probably would have been a little bit more scrapping going on. But these are two teams that kind of need every point that they're fighting for right now. Yeah. With only 30 games left in the regular season and you know, the Flames kind of bouncing in and out of a playoff spot every single day it seems. I wasn't surprised that we didn't see a scrap. I could, of course, I would expect it in the next game. I don't think Milan Lucic is going to be happy watching any of that tape. Like I was saying it yesterday to my, like that was the biggest hit I've ever seen someone hit seventeen with in his entire time at the Calgary. Yeah, I know, but it wasn't
1: close. But they weren't. But they weren't even afraid to go after him and hit him. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make here. That was one of the more
2: surprising things about the game.
1: like, he was hit, like, two or three times pretty good in that game, and you never see that. Well, like... Like, the play hit, obviously, was a huge one. And then in the third period, where Truba pasted him against the boards, too. Like, you never see that guy get hit like that. They they gave zero you-know-whats last night when it came to hitting Milan Lucic. Well, and that's a
2: team having the kind of character that its captain has. Like... Listen, I don't think anyone looks at the Rangers, especially this iteration, and says they lack toughness. This is a team that traded away Ryan Reeves. And you will, and when you look at the way that they roll out their defensive pairs, they got Trubaug on one, they got Keandre Miller who's tough as nails on another, and, and humongous, he's like six six. They have Charlie Lindgren, who's another guy that's tough as nails, a Chris Tanev type player who will hit you and make your life hell, especially in front of the net. Like, they've got three guys like that on the blue line that are rough and rowdy. And then on top of that, you've got a guy like Sammy Blay. You know, Vinny Trocek gets mixed up in it. Yep. Chris Kreider gets mixed up in it. Like, this oh, isn't a Chris this yep. isn't a soft team in New York. Like, they've got some guys that are elite skill guys, Hedl, Panarin, but they've got a good balance of snarl on the back end as well. And they showed it in that game. Like, here's the thing. I didn't think the Flames shrinked away from any of it? No. But, um, and in that sense, that's why I thought it was one of the better games that we we saw really all season long. Didn't expect that coming out of the break. I'll tell you that for free.
1: No, and you know what? When, I thought Lou brought up a great point uh, on the post-game show last night with Pat, is uh, people of his vintage maybe don't watch as much hockey as they used to because that's lacking in the game what we saw last night. And I don't care uh, if, oh, you know, you're worried about headshots and concussions. I get all of that. But you put that game up last night to somebody who's never watched hockey before. Show them that game last night. That thing had everything in it. It had a whole ton of goals, ton of mistakes, fights, big hits, great saves. It had everything you want in an NHL game last night. For a game in early February out of the All-Star break. Talk about a surprising spot, too, where the Flames didn't even practice. They were traveling. The Rangers had one practice, and then those two teams played that game last night. Like, none of us expected to see what we saw last night, which makes it even, like, a lot more fun. And, again, like if you've never watched hockey, if you wanted to show somebody the game, show them that game last night. That thing was just jam-packed with action, storylines, big hits. And real quick, too, my God, that laser beam from Michael Stone (laughs) on that goal. (laughs) Holy God. He almost hit that thing 97 miles an hour in an NHL game. In game. Like Mm -hmm. skating, like drop back and then just absolutely ripped that thing past Halak. Like, you want to talk about a laser beam. I was hoping that was going to be the game winner because that was going to be my text question today. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it didn't work that way for the Flames. But my God, that thing was an absolute bomb from Michael Stone last night. What an absolute <laughs> cannon. A rocket.
2: Like I, I, It's so wild when he joins the rush because he's, it, it doesn't look graceful. But when that space opens up, and yeah. Backlund just put that on a on a T for oh, him. Oh, it was a gorgeous As, pass, too. And when you see who's stepping into it, you're like, right. look out. Like, get out of
1: the way. Yeah, I, uh, Halak must have been like, he was surprised probably how hard that thing came at him. He looked like almost, yeah. You're almost grateful it doesn't hit you. And you want you want a weird thing I really like, too? I don't know why. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a weirdo. Uh, two things. I like when the nets are really strung tight. When the puck just flies back yeah. out like it did last night. <laughs> Right, yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I love when the puck just flies back out, or like, like it did last night.
2: Sometimes when it goes back bar camera and out so fast that yeah. only the shooter knows.
1: Yeah, I like I love when that. it hits the mesh and it's so tightly strung it just shoots out. Or in Philadelphia where it looks like a basketball net when the puck <laughs> goes in because it's like it's so thick it just fires in and just stays and they in have there to dig around. But for again, it? that Michael Stone shot. Oh man, what an absolute rocket that thing was! All right. Lots to do, uh, lots to talk about in that Flames 5-4 overtime loss last night to the Rangers. Uh, we're taking your text for your chance to qualify for a $500 gift card to Charm Diamond Centers. I think we'll mix in a couple phone calls at seven fifteen. The last time I got as angry as Markstrom last night was blank. The last time I got as angry as Markstrom last night on that winning goal was blank, Nine sixty nine sixty. 960 960 Name and location. The Rose Report is next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at four, or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. Let's get to the Rose Report. It's brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave in 3rd Street Southeast.
2: Marty Rose.
1: Matt Rose. Matt Rose.
2: Adam Rose. Rose and Bloom. Ah, thank you, gentlemen. The NHL returned yesterday. We are deep in the throes of Super Bowl week. And, of course, the NBA trade deadline coming up a little bit later on this week, too. So we got lots to get to. Let's waste little time. Flames and Rangers in NHL's return to action. Calgary kicking off the first of four road games out of the break against the Blue Shirts. First meeting of the season. This one had a little bit of everything. Chris Tanev back in the lineup. So Dennis Gilbert came out. Jacob Markstrom got the start. Unfortunately, the tough early goal narrative had another chapter written early in yesterday's contest.
0: Here's a shot by Heedle, and he scores! Streaking in up the right wing side. Philip Hedl snaps the puck into the top corner of the Flames net.
2: Quite a shot from Philip Hedl. The two-on-one with Nikita Zadorov wandering. Gives it up. Sneaky quick release. He's able to beat Markstrom 17th of the season for Hedl over the left shoulder.
1: And how frustrating was that for Markstrom right away? What, what do the Flames do give up the first goal? Like, it was it was super frustrating. And again, Zdorov gets caught. And then can't really fault Markstrom on that one. It was just a perfect shot that beat him.
2: It was uh, a great shot by Markstrom. I did of all the goals in the game, this one I thought uh, that's the toughest one.
1: Um, right after that goal, um, and I know we're going to talk about Truba hits mm-hmm. a lot during the show and during the Rose report here. Something I that's maybe flying under the radar and maybe kind of lit the fire under Truba. Cadre had a nice hit on Truba after that goal. Oh, yeah, big time. He had a nice hit on him, and maybe that kind of woke him up a little bit. Maybe that was kind of the catalyst on why Truba's like, yep, I got to start blowing some dudes up. Yeah, Truba doesn't feel
2: like one of those guys that you want to really poke the bear very much. Which but- is
1: weird because you're like, where was this guy with the Winnipeg Jets after you've seen him so many times playing against the Flames?
2: Had to grow up, had to mature, and that's what New York will do to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Sure. Flames had a power play. It was fruitless. Although Halak did have to make a couple of stops. Uh, out of a TV timeout, the Flames would draw even.
0: Manjapani, and up the right wing side. He drives the net. and gets pushed off the puck by Lindgren before he can shoot. And now Coleman shoots and scores.
2: Blake Coleman's able to whack away, get his 11th to go. Thought the back in line with Manchapani and Coleman were
1: cooking early. They get rewarded. Tied the game at one. Yeah, what a great play by Manjapani just to carry that puck into the zone. And he mm. was flying last night especially in the first two periods I know he kind of slowed down maybe a little bit in the third but I thought far and away he was Calgary's best player through two.
2: It's a tie game but that's when things got rough. First we had the hit from Jacob Truba on Dylan Dubé.
0: Dylan Dubé gets hit and open ice by Jacob Truba and now we've got a fight Jacob Truba and Chris Tanev as much as I love anybody standing up for a teammate he just came back after recovering from a shoulder injury
2: yeah i didn't love to see that no and then after there was the blaze hit on lucic
0: lucic will take over lug it up the left wing side to center tries a pass but gets hit and knocked down an open ice and we've got a penalty call coming up and milan lucic is really hot under the collar he goes after vincent trocek and that leads to a 10-man pile-up right at center ice mackenzie wieger Throwing haymakers. And he takes down Will Cooley.
2: Uh, the fight between Weger and Cooley was one-sided.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, just real quick on a couple of those hits. Yep. Uh, again, Dubay kind of caught with his head down. First yep. period back yep. from the break. Yeah. You know, probably, you might have Keep seen a picture kit. of him
2: with yeah. the, the lads out there.
1: And, and again, um, Tanev punching him exclusively left his left hand. Yep. Did not want to throw one punch with his right. And you were hoping he connected a few so you can say the line that he hit him with so many lefts. He was begging for a right. But he did only punch uh, with his left arm, which I thought was very, very surprising. And even in the penalty box, Tana was only exclusively drinking with his left hand. You got to keep that yeah, right. Keep that thing. Keep that wing uh, yeah. protected. Because that's essentially what he was doing the entire night. Even the blade hit on, on Lucic. And they looked at it. Whether or not it was a headshot. It was a
2: penalty on the play. Like, the referees called it a penalty, reviewed it,
1: deemed it a legal hit, and then gave it uh, the, what was it? Lucic got the penalty in, uh, when it was all said and done.
2: Yeah, I think he got a ruffian penalty for yeah. going after It was Blaine. a clean hit.
1: Yeah. Like, all those hits last night, like, you didn't obviously like it because you were the to, Flames. You don't have to like them
2: if but you're a player. All,
1: yeah, but and I, I have no problem with borderline hits like that. Like, they were, they were all borderline. Like, did they hit the head? Did they not? But, again, at the same time, and I've said this many times in today's NHL when these hits happen, you also need to protect yourself. Like, it's not all on the guy hitting. Like, Dubé clearly had his head down in that instance. He didn't really see him coming there until the last second. Like, yeah. you got to protect yourself. And I know Dubé's a smaller like, guy. The other
2: thing, too, is all these guys jumped up. Like, it's different if anybody leaves and they're, like, hurt. Like, if any of these yeah. – like, if Blay hurts Lucic – but in order to do that, it probably has to be okay. a direct headshot. Right. Okay. If Dubé gets hurt, sure. then we're talking about it a little bit and, more.
1: Okay, but even on the Dubay situation, mm-hmm. if Dubay stays down on the ice and is hurt, that's still a clean hit. Well,
2: no, my point being, like, what if it wasn't?
1: No, oh, okay, but, like, no, but, like, let's play that game where he does hit him, Dubay stays down and is out for the rest of the game. It's still a clean check.
2: No, but my point is, he got up because no, it was a clean check. No, we're no, arguing I know, the same thing. But
1: even, yeah, we are arguing the same thing. But I'm just saying, like, again, we're so based on the result after the hit, what goes on. Even if Kadri, which, by the way, did the concussion spotter, did he get checked out during the intermission?
2: Like, if you want my take on the concussion spotter, they should have spotted all three because yeah. more concussions happen from whiplash than actual head contact. Right. So,
1: And even on the bench, Kadri kind of looked a little dazed to me. Again, I'm not a neurologist. I'm just a Dumbo radio guy. And I know even Frank Saravalli tweeted it during the game about, like, the concussion spotter. Like, Kadri looked a little dazed on the bench. I don't know if he was checked out during the intermission. I'm sure he was, and he was fine to come back. But that was a big-time hit where his head snapped back and his bucket flew off.
2: The one thing I always look for is loss of motor function, like when you go bambi-legged, and I didn't see any of that. So that was kind of in my mind where I was like, he just looks like he's straight seen red because you just don't get hit like that anymore. Yeah, you just don't. Um, But the Flames uh, would end up getting out of that first period Unscathed, They do take penalties on both those plays as uh, taking the extra ones there. But into the second period, we went. Uh, everybody accounted for. It. Chris Tanev did leave the box for a little bit but was back on the bench and playing for the second period. Unfortunately, a mistake for Red would end up with Philip Heedle's 18th goal of the season.
0: And now a giveaway. Here comes Hedel speeding down the ice. Heedle in, shoots, and scores. Red hot, Philip Hedel on a long breakaway puts the puck right through Jacob Arkstrom
2: not a great turnover for uh Nazem Qadri there yeah as uh yeah, you don't really want to give Hedl the breakaway chance. Yeah. A really nice shot, too, as he rolls the wrists over and just quick release gets that through the five hole.
1: And, and you can see how disgusted Kadri was with himself after oh, he just fan on that pass. He Anifin. was livid. And then Hedl just exploded and then beat Markstrom five hole. Great little fake with the stick, as Kelly Rudy pointed out in the broadcast. Yeah, when he rolls the
2: wrists yeah, over and then, and then just a quick the quick release.
1: Yeah. But tough just, uh, that's tough a, to stop. Like, sometimes, and again, you, you can't fault a goalie on a breakaway. But sometimes your goalie can bail you out on that. He didn't. You're just hoping. Please make a save, Markstrom. It
2: wasn't the five-hole goal that we've seen from Milan Lucic in the past. That was a little bit different. Yeah. 2-1 after the goal. Calgary would continue to work hard. Um, A couple of posts right after that. One for Hannafin, another for Backlund. Then the puck just sat in the crease after another shot. Uh, Calgary would get a late power play mix up the personnel a little bit, and the new look would pay off with really Old Faithful.
1: Here's Anderson. Top
0: of the near circle to Toffoli with a shot. He scores! After two that were posted out, finally, one that's posted in. They
2: showed the montage of Tyler Toffoli kind of on stepping his, his into wrist shots on his off wing, yeah. and it seems to work.
1: <laughs> I I know everyone is Team Jacob Pelletier, Everybody loves Jacob Pelce in this city. Oh, give the kid a chance. They gave him a lot of chances last night. They put him on the number one power play unit. And I, I kind of shook my head a little bit. I'm like, you need a shooter like Toffoli on the power play. And he's arguably been, I don't think there's any question. Has Tyler DeFoley been the most consistent forward on the Flames all season? Consistent winger.
2: I would say yes. Codry had like two weeks where he kind of dipped okay, but after winger. like the first three weeks winger. of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said forward first. So- but, wing, but winger, I, mean, I would winger. agree.
1: Yep. yep. Right. Yep. He should be on the number one power play just based Here, on that shot. Here's my thing:
2: when I was watching those power play units, I didn't know who was one and two because that unit that Toffoli scored with had Anderson and Lindholm on it.
1: But but they also started with uh, Hannifin on the number one unit with Huberto, and there was a couple times where they started that unit specifically with Pelcier, which I thought was super interesting.
2: Yeah, I, I uh, the the personnel was different and. Sometimes it depends on who's on the ice before. I wasn't of necessarily paying the laser right. attention to it, but, but I agree. The, the I way they were see, mixing okay, it up.
1: Yeah, I want to see Foley on the number one power play as much as possible because just having him on his off wing with that shot just opens up a lot of stuff. And we saw it last night, and it was a beauty shot.
2: Do you ever wonder if they're like, hey, maybe if we mix it up, we get him out against the second unit penalty killers because we feel like the second unit penalty killers really aren't as good as the first ones?
1: I'm, I'm sure there's something to that because mm. the Flames don't leave their number one unit on for like the full two minutes. They, like, like the they Oilers in do. Like they Washington with Ovechkin. Yeah. They don't do that here.
2: Well, Ovechkin takes like three steps on the power play. Well,
1: sure. <laughs> but even like, you know, some of the other big, even in Toronto, they leave them on for at least 90 seconds.
2: Edmonton's the same.
1: Yeah, right.
2: When you've got something that's so different between right. one and two.
1: But yeah. I want to foley on the left side on the power play. Yes. I for can. that shot. And we saw it last night.
2: Certainly agree. Uh to fully post an in. He gets his 19th shortly after that. Codry tried to walk around Truba in a one-on-one play. Truba would put the shoulder through him, pop the helmet off. Doobie tries to fight Truba. Flames take the instigator penalty again. And this time it was the Rangers that would find the back of the net. Uh late on, uh, late in the second period there. New York was up 3-2 after 40 minutes of play. So to the third we go. The Flames were chasing again, but they would draw even on a little bit of a controversial one.
0: Body ...protecting the puck, spins and centers it to back, walks into the far corner, and slides a left point to Hannafin who shoots through some traffic. A shot gets knocked down, Hannafin gets it back, shoots and scores! Noah Hannafin puts the puck on net. Andrew Majapani appeared to tip it past Yaroslav Halak.
2: Was it a kick? Was it a deflection? Was it an angle of the foot?
1: <laughs> um, well, first of all, heading into that third period, uh, Flames o eleven and one in games when trailing into the third.
2: Yeah, so, it hasn't been a place of yeah. wolf. Wolf, definitely was, wolf. Yeah, that would be. A, we could throw that as a big old. He doesn't have the wolf.
1: Do you have the wolf ready? He's got the wolf ready. I I, I have music, so I can't. We don't mm. have two channels that you can do that with? We got to put that on a hotkey, I think. Yeah, we need Wolf in a hotkey. Yeah. It's going to be a hotkey. We don't have Wolf in a hotkey? They're changing the system up. Uh, I'm going to have it up. They oh, are. Sweet. We've got yeah. like eight screens and a billion cords oh over there. All right. Uh, very smooth. But anyway, uh, back to this <laughs> kick. Um, <laughs> I love stuff like that. Um, <laughs> woof. Woof. <laughs> so um, notice how it took forever for the review, and they kept showing the NHL woof. war. Thank you. Uh, NHL war room over and over and over again. Here's why I think they counted the goal, because they called it a goal on the ice. Yep. I think if they would have called it a no goal, they, it probably would have stood as a no goal because it looked like he did lift his skate from a little bit. From some
2: angles, you're like, there's a movement there. Yeah, and Then it, from
1: other angles, you're like, oh, he had, he I, moves
2: his foot well before and then it plants. Ah.
1: I, hate I thought it. they were going to get I hate all it. the kicking rules in the NHL. If you direct it, it's okay. If you kick it, it's no good. There's so much gray area. And that goal last night, it... it If they would have waved it off, I think a lot of people would have been like, okay, yeah.
2: Here's my deal. This is what I would do. If it's off a foot in the crease, kicking motion, no goal. If it's outside of the crease, you're fine. Do whatever you want. So
1: what, you can kick it like Messi style into the net?
2: If you're outside of the crease. Yeah. Have you ever tried to kick a a
1: puck? Yeah, but it's also a safety thing.
2: Yeah, I I understand. But they do it in the WHL. It works fine. Okay. Just saying. Uh,
1: But again, I think because they rolled it on the ice. Yeah. That's why the goal stood.
2: I thought it was going to get disallowed. So did I. I was a little surprised. Yeah,
1: because I think they looked at it, and they wanted to. They wanted to. And then you could see um, Gallant health. Oh, he was upset. Yeah. He was upset. He was just yeah. laughing. Like, how does that count? Yeah. But again... Like, I was like, uh and even the broadcast, even Rudy's like, I don't know. I don't know. And we all didn't know. But again, I think the key to all of that was they called it a goal on the ice.
2: Couple of minutes later, the Flames would take the lead. It was all faithful with the Stone Bomb. I'm always stressed.
0: Comes Back, and up the right wing side, he drops Stone, shoots, and scores! Michael Stone oh, with a 96.9 mile an hour howitzer. <laughs> smoking.
1: Yeah. Howitzer's apropos. Yeah, uh, that thing was absolutely torched by Michael Stone. That thing was hit so hard. It's actually funny. Like, poor Halak had no chance. He just kind of like, whoa, I didn't expect that shot. And there was a screen. Yeah. So and it just fired out of the oh, net too because that thing <laughs> was ripped. What an absolute bomb. Yeah. Like, again, we uh, Flames need to grab a sixth defenseman, and then when that guy does that, you're like, oh, man, need to see more of that from Michael Stone.
2: Yeah. Uh, I still I still think.
1: Yeah, I sure. Th- sure. It, do you want Shillington back? Obviously. But when you see Stone do that, you're like, more of that, Michael Stone. Oh, more dude. of that. And I am
2: such a grip it and rip it. Like, when Eric Branson was here last year, he was one yeah. of my favorites because he'd get the puck at the blue line, and yeah. he would step into clappers, and he would rip them home. And. I'm a big fan of uh, big dudes doing big
1: things. Who did Who did Michael Stone hurt in that cracking game on the Friday night before the All Star break? That was. And it. I know Rick Ball kind of joked about it. Like, no, Greg Millen joked about it and said, "Oh, there's another victim." But and then he was like, legitimately, he hurt. literally is hurt. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's get out of the, the way. One of the forwards I want to say, I can't remember like, who took it, but when you're yeah. talking about guys with the hardest shot in the NHL, like he's got to be near the top of the list, Ooh, like without a doubt. Like, who, who else is there who fires the puck like that from the blue line? It's been one of the things I think... Like, Char doesn't play in the league anymore. Shea Weber doesn't play in the league anymore. Like, give me a blue liner who fires it like that.
2: Uh, exactly.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. No, you can't.
2: There's, oh, no, the, the list is Patterson small. Hits
1: it just as like, <laughs> no, okay. Okay. When you, okay, when nobody's on you, you could skate like nine strides into it. Yeah, and with a stick sure. you
2: never use. Sweet. Right.
1: Yeah. But anyway,
2: Flames were up, would the last, Mika Zibanejad buried a goal off a scramble play to tie the game. Flames did have a late power play, but couldn't get the leading goal again off to overtime. We went.
0: Here comes Lafreniere the other way. The Rangers have a 2-1-1. Lafreniere centers it. Zibanejad shoots and Markstrom! Smalls to the save and now they score!
2: Oh, that's a really appropriate range of emotion from Derek. The first stop was Unbelievable. If your goalie's gonna make a stop like that. You got to get on the rebound. Yeah. Unfortunately, Lafreniere is able to sneak that under Markstrom. And Markstrom got a piece of the rebound he too, did.
1: and he and he was not happy. He uh, was. He, very. He bad. just snapped that stick over the post. And we're taking your text at nine sixty nine sixty name and location for your chance to qualify for a five hundred dollar gift card to Charm Diamond Centers. The last time I got as angry as Markstrom last night on that winning goal was blank, and he also was fired up on the Zabinajad tying goal. And usually don't see that much emotion from Jacob Markstrom. Mm-hmm. He was super frustrated last night. You can tell
2: like he's he's a competitor above all else, right? It's not like sometimes you watch John Gibson, you're like this guy is not trying. Like he's not he doesn't care.
1: Well, shout out to John Gibson.
2: Like sorry, I've watched a lot of he's, Ducks hockey. Everyone's like, "Wow, I'm sure to sure get moved? and going." But...
1: Hey. Anyway. Yeah, he's in his car right now yeah. going, "Hey." <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's listening to the Radio Player Canada app. Yeah. yeah, great. Anyways, here's what Mackenzie Weger thought of the game.
0: I don't think we've had a game like that this year. Um, so I think, you know, that just shows how, you know, to everybody and to us and the most importantly to us in the dressing room that, you know, um you know, I'm not going to back down from anybody, and we're going to stand up uh, when when times are needed. And um, you know, we're just going to keep this momentum. Uh, you know that you know, just like before the break and after, and uh, keep this road trip going and coming, going into another tough building. Detroit's been playing good, so uh, keep this thing going.
2: I thought that kind of the start there is the the key part. They hadn't really played in a game like that, and to see everybody kind of stand up for each other. Maybe one of the bigger parts of the game.
1: Well, and that's something that was a big talking point, at least for the first half of the season here, is when are these guys going to mesh and get together? Sure. When are they going to gel as a unit? Because, oh, how, how is Huberto and Uyghur going to fit in and Kadri into this team? And I think we saw that last night. I think this potentially, yeah, you lost, and you'd like to get the extra point for obvious reasons. But maybe this is another turning point. That game before the break in Seattle, I thought, was... the best effort they've given the entire season. And again, last night, a lot of effort for this team and just some sloppy mistakes, which you could expect fresh off a nine-day break. Yeah. But the passion was there. uh, The physicality was there. Um, Markstrom made some big saves last night. Like, it was just a, there's no such thing as a good loss and no moral victories in professional sports. And I get all of that. But just, it was a team building loss last night, which potentially could pay dividends down the stretch here.
2: You got three out of four points in your game before a nine-day break in your game coming out of a nine-day break against two teams that are in playoff spots. Yep. I think you got to be pretty happy and, about that result.
1: And definitely a winnable game. And I know the Red Wings have been playing better lately. Sure. But a winnable game in Detroit on Thursday.
2: And then you go and have a chance at a little redemption against Buffalo after they kind of uh, surprised the Flames early on in the season. Elsewhere, Anthony Beauvillier made his debut on a line with Elias Pettersson and Andre Kuzmenko as uh, Quinn Hughes and the Vancouver Canucks made a stop in New Jersey to battle his brother Jack and the Devils. Jersey led 4-1. The Canucks scored three unanswered in the final 25 minutes of regulation to tie it up and send this game to overtime.
0: Jack Hughes, high slot, left circle across to Bratt, one-timer, he scores! Jesper Bratt with a power play goal in overtime. And the Devils take it 5-4.
2: That's 20 bingos on the year for Bratt. Andre Kuzmenko was in the box for hooking. Devils win 5-4 in overtime. Brendan Batchelor with the call over on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver.
1: Solid point for the Canucks. (laughs) Solid point. And again, hey, I know if the Devils don't score the three goals in like 50-something seconds, sure. it's a different hockey game. Yeah, but good yeah. effort for the Canucks again last night. Keep racking up those loser points just to get out of that lottery. I just have, get into NHL purgatory I there, Vancouver. I have something I want
2: to bring up with you in just a moment here. As it relates to the playoff picture, Wilde in Arizona to battle the Coyotes. Wild led 2-1 to one in this game. Jacob Chickren scored his seventh to tie it midway through the third. The game winner came just a few minutes later.
0: And a big rebound was there. The Wild couldn't find it. Look out. Boyd's got a break. Boldy trying to catch it. Check that. It's McBain into his backhand and he scores. Jack McBain beats
2: Marc-Andre Fleury. Joe O'Donnell sounds so sad when the Wild gets scored on uh, with the call there. Uh, the Coyotes getting the victory in regulation as they do the Colorado Avan- Avalanche a favor. 3-2 the final score there on Jack McBain's. McBain! Seven. McBain! our was in the darkness. Elsewhere, Bo Horvat made his debut at the Islanders, centered a line with Matt Barzell on the right, Josh Bailey on the left as they battled the Flyers. Horvat skated over 19 minutes. He had four shots. He won seven of 13 draws, but he didn't have a point. His line mate, Matt Barzell, did. Here's Brock Nelson down the slot, finds an up, man drops it in front to Barzell! Shoots and Scores! Welcome back to the lineup. No adoption. A beautiful setup for Matt Barzell. Barzee's got goals in back-to-back games, and New York's got a 2-0 lead. Chris King on Islanders Radio, Barzell's 13th. The Islanders take a 2-1 victory in Bo Horvat's debut. They're pushing for the playoffs. Yeah,
1: um, I I think they're still on Hofstra Radio, which is the best because the Islanders Radio Network on a college radio station. And two, uh, I watched a bit of that game before the Flames game just to see what Bo Horvat looked like. And what did he look like? And He was fine. He tried to make a between-the-legs pass to Barzell, which was broken up, which he was trying to be razzle-dazzle. But uh, I watched some of that power play, which is dead last in the NHL. Oh, God. I, I'm, I'm watching that game. Like, how is this an NHL power play? Really? It's, it's horrendous. Like, it is just... You want to show a tape of how not to be on the power play in the National Hockey League? Watch the Islanders. And you know why they traded for Bo Horvat when he scored all those power play goals for the Canucks? But, oh, my goodness. It is an absolute train wreck.
2: Elsewhere, was the Battle of Florida. Matt Kachuk still putting up points like he's playing in the All-Star game.
0: Straight on the line. Looks to Bennett. Top of the circle. Down low. Tipped, in. they score. And it's Kachuk at the side of the net with the redirection. He's one of the best in the business doing that. And he's able to redirect it upstairs. 7-1. Panthers, a power play goal.
2: That's Doug Plaggins on Panthers Radio. Second goal of the game for Matt Kachuk. That made it 5-1. He would have five points and be plus 5 as the Panthers dusted the Lightning by a 7-1 to score.
1: Do you feel like the Panthers can have a bit of a run in them here?
2: Uh, Let me pull up the standings and tell you if I really do feel if they can do it.
1: Mm. Like Bobrovsky was good last night.
2: They're only a point out, but they've also played four more games than the Penguins, so maybe it's more relevant to look at the Capitals. They're four points back. It's possible. They'd have to be a wild card team, right? I don't think they're going to catch the Bolts or the Leafs even after that victory, but nevertheless, I don't know. East could be interesting. It's something I kind of want to get to in a moment here, because we said the Stars and the Ducks, the finale, the Ducks scored twice, sent the game to overtime, Stars went in a shootout. But tonight, six games, plenty that are intriguing to the Western Conference playoff picture. So my question for you is who is relevant to the playoff picture for the Flames? To me, I'm cutting the Stars. I'm cutting the Jets. They're probably going to be not in the wild card picture. The Wild have 58 points. That's tied with the Flames. The Avalanche and the Predators are still in the conversation. But the Blues are now nine points back at Calgary. They're not in it. And then basically the five teams are in the Pacific because there's only five points between the fifth place Flames and the first place Seattle Kraken.
1: I, I honestly think the Flames can get into the top three in the Pacific Division. Oh, yeah. Because I think Vegas is going to be fading hard here down the stretch. They have looked like a completely different team without their heartbeat and captain in Mark Stone. And we got news on Mark Stone yesterday saying he's probably out until the playoffs. So, which isn't a big surprise. Yeah, exactly. the back issue that he does have. 100%. Like, and, again, and you wonder even what he looked like in the playoffs. This is yeah. back-to-back years with a back issue for a right. guy who's over 30 years old. And I'm not... I'm not a big believer in the Los Angeles Kings either. I think ultimately when it's said and done here, the top three teams in the Pacific will be the Oilers, the Kraken, and the Flames. Whichever order you want to do. I would imagine the Oilers potentially could win this division, but they've played one fewer game than the Flames. But I think when when we head into the playoffs and the best chance for Calgary to advance to the second round is to be in the top three of the Pacific Division. Don't get in a wildcard team you know, unless, of course, you'd play a Pacific Division team, blah, blah, blah. But I think they can get into the top three and sign me up for a playoff matchup potentially with Seattle. Yeah, I could see it. Why not? I'll listen, their goaltending is shaky. And they kind of be like, got that attitude, happy to be here. Also, nothing to lose, which is also a dangerous team. Like, or we could see another battle of Alberta, which would be super awesome. But do we want to see that in the first round? Sure, that'd be fun. Probably a little more fun in the second round, like it was last year. But I think the Flames can get into the top three in this division.
2: Let's look at tonight's action. Uh, Only Canadian team tonight is the Oilers. They return in action to battle the Flames' next opponent, the Red Wings. That'll go at 5.30 in Detroit. Oilers are just two points up on the Flames. Chasing Calgary are the Avalanche and the Predators. Colorado visits Pittsburgh at five. The Golden Knights battle the Predators at six in Nashville. Knights are third in the Pacific, four points up on the Flames. Kraken are in the division lead. They're five points up on Calgary. They return to action on Long Island. They face the Islanders at 5 30 tonight. Other games include the Sharks and Lightning in Tampa and the Ducks and the Blackhawks, the second and the third worst teams in the entire NHL. Hey, it's Super Bowl week. I got another fun fact for you. You know how uh, we got the first brother bowl? It's the Kelsey Bowl. Travis and uh, Jason Kelsey going to be battling in Super Bowl 57. Did you know the only NHL final in the last 76 years that saw siblings go head to head was in 2003. Who were the two brothers?
3: 2003. I have a guess. Go for it. Was it the Bucks and Giants, Tiki versus Ronde? Uh,
2: we're talking NHL here. Oh,
3: NHL. Sorry. My bad.
2: Jason and Travis are the first brothers in NFL, but in 2003, Devils defenseman Scott Niedermeyer ah. squared oh, off with his Rob. younger brother, Rob, oh, a forward course. for the Mighty Ducks. And
1: that's why uh, Scott got Rob to sign with the Ducks. Or that's why Scott signed with the Ducks Bingo. to give Rob a Stanley Cup, which they won in 04. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: 2007. Yeah. Sorry, four was the, yeah, yeah yeah right no.
1: but that's what I mean he wanted to go play with his brother to get his brother a Stanley Cup and yes like I don't know about you guys but Scott Niedermeyer literally one of the greatest defensemen I' ever played in the league you look at what he's won one of the most decorated players to ever played the game and It's like nobody talks about Scott Niedermeyer who was way ahead of his time smooth skating defenseman oh, who dude. put up points like like unbelievable defenseman and by the way all those S- Scott Stevens hits <laughs> like Scott Niedermeyer was the snake <laughs> Who used to bait the players yes. into Scott Stevens? That's what he did. Like that's kind of the under under the radar thing that a lot of people don't realize. Like the hit on Eric Lindros. Yep, Niedermeyer, like kind of made Lindros skate towards Stevens in that specific play. But we don't nearly talk enough about Scott Stevens and how great a defensive that guy was. Because if he played in today's game, that guy is like racking up points.
2: Uh, Scott Niedermeyer, whenever I think Canadian Olympics, that's one of the guys that I uh, immediately start thinking of. Incredible. Uh, Also wanted to get to this. Sean Payton did a press conference uh, as the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. One of the more notable clips coming out of it was a question asked by Darren McKee, who is on 104.3 The Fan in Colorado, and uh, asked... Uh, well, I got the question in here. Just take a listen. Coach, uh, Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Heaps, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah,
0: I'm not too familiar with that.
2: Uh, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building, access to
0: players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That, that's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm I'm unfamiliar with it. But our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it.
1: As it should be. Yeah. As it should be. A lot of pressure on the Broncos. All right, Russ. You got a big-time coach now here. Get it done. Also
2: got the NBA deadline coming up. The Kyrie Irving trade was finalized. Marquise Morris is also going to Dallas as part of it. Dinwiddie, Finney-Smith. Uh, two first round picks and a second round pick go to Brooklyn in that deal. Justin Rose did end up winning the AT&T Pebble Beach program. He was 18 under par over the course of the weekend. And not a ton of local notes, just these. All-star game was yesterday for the AHL. Dustin Wolf was named the co-MVP as the Pacific Division ended up winning the whole darn thing. So you love to see that. Congrats to Dustin Wolf. And the Wranglers, uh, as uh, Matthew Phillips and Mitch Love were also there as well. And I guess if the Pacific Division won, then you got to give credit to Mitch Love, who I bet was doing a lot of aggressive coaching. And uh, also can tell you, Stamps related, Dave Dickinson has an availability at 11 o'clock. I'll be there uh, later today. And uh, free agency opens up a week from today. So, yeah, if you got any questions, fire them at me on Twitter. Stamps
1: related or not. Okay, um, great job. Uh, and you doing the...
2: I didn't put it in my folder. And
1: good, good night Thank and you. good luck to you, yeah. Sam. Uh, and the no Rhodes Report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. The Gladly Match then beat any competitors' price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. All right, your chance straight ahead. Uh, to qualify for a $500 gift card to Charm Diamond Centers. The last time I got as angry as Markstrom on that winning goal last night was blank. The last time I got as angry as Markstrom on that winning goal last night was blank. 960-960 name and location. Give us a call to 403-240-4444. And more on that Flames 5-4 overtime loss in New York last night to the Rangers. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Man, we're late. Sportsnet 960, the fan.